We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And Dylan is covered in scabs. There's a war on Christmas. There's a war on Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, throw your iPhone out now. Oh, people consider people that don't like Christmas people, not me, they're bad. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Christ. Yeah, Christ is not involved. Christmas is about three things. Getting drunk. Eating yep. way too much food. Yep. Making sure your family knows that you're their betters by buying them gifts they didn't know they told you they wanted. <laughs> Spending a shit ton of money on your family just to prove you got money and you don't give a fuck what you mm. spend it on. That's fucking Christmas. Hey, Dad, can I borrow your credit card? Merry Christmas. <laughs> I get the credit for this. <laughs> Yeah. I get the credit for this gift. Whoever holds the credit card gets the credit. Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. Um, Dylan, Christmas is always an interesting time in the world of wrestling. Because since ECW stopped existing, we don't have the fun time where they would just choke slam Santa every year. Yeah, man. They don't really lean into let's kick the shit out of Santa anymore. I... I really think I really wish that they would do what they did in um, in Texas in the early '80s, where they had the wrestling on Christmas. Like they, the Freebirds Von Erichs angle was on Christmas Day. Oh, that like was you just the, the NWA. That was like one of the big. Yeah, that and Thanksgiving, right? It was like like Thanksgiving or anything. One of the big things that would happen is you'd have matches in the afternoon. Ric Flair would talk about it, which was you you'd put the turkey on to cook in the morning. Everyone would go to the arena, watch wrestling, and then head home for Christmas dinner. I don't like that idea because that implies like a, a turkey's just unattended for hours on it. <laughs> that happens. But that's what my, my family does that. I don't know what it is. The, both my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family would literally like, uh, sometimes my grandma would stay, but my dad's side, like on Christmas Day, they used to put the turkey on, and then we'd go and watch a full movie at a movie theater and come back. You went to movies on Christmas? That's so great. Always. It's the best. That was my mom. One time we drove by a movie theater, and I was like, who goes to see a movie on Christmas, mom? I was like seven, and she went, lonely, lonely people. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have hated the idea of it more. Oh, man. Man, so funny. Well, your mom does sometimes not like Jews. She <laughs> They're lonely. When you don't have Christ, when you're a Christ killer, Dylan, no one loves you. <laughs> but they have so many friends and family around, but no. God doesn't love them, so they're alone. Pleading. Yeah. White God doesn't love them. White God. <laughs> Have you ever seen that Mad TV sketch? We're getting way off track here, but have you ever seen that Mad TV sketch that was uh, racist Christmas songs? No. People started booing it? It's very good. I don't know why they kept it on TV, but it was very funny. Here's it the was, thing uh, with Mad TV. Everyone forgets that Mad TV was better than Saturday Night Live for about three, four years. Oh, yeah. People hate people hate saying that. You know what? You'll find a lot of people as angry as that as when people when you admit you liked Family Guy when it came out. Yeah, it was amazing. First of all, Family Guy was so good yeah. that they canceled it, and then the reruns brought it back, and then the yeah. the new version isn't as good. 
But the th- not at all. The first three seasons that were that literally everyone owned on DVD were amazing, and anyone was like, "No, they, they can shut the fuck up." No, I didn't like Bitch. that. Yes, you did. You did like it. Yeah, of course. You like dumb jokes. It's like unprotected sex. If you don't admit there to doing you go. it, you've never done it. And that, that, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so this this week we're doing Ox Baker. I gotta who, tell you. Uh, He's a man with mutton chops, and two people died in the ring, and he yeah, is man. still vastly better than anyone else we've done in the previous weeks. I got to tell you, it was getting to me what we've been talking about because ever because I enjoy doing this show. You know, you turn the mics on, talk about yeah. come for one hour, and then for the rest of the people tweeting you, we have to have yeah yeah. So sorry, no. I'm just saying I don't like when we have to have nuanced conversations. I hate that so much. Yeah, no, because the problem, especially when you're dealing with like. Not only, and we're also doing the Chris Benoit saga on the Patreon, so it's like every conversation that we're having is like, oh, and then the murder man put mucus on the baby. Yeah, it's like, stop laughing, we have to be reminded, we have to say something like, which we of course think is bad. Yeah. (laughs) No time for jokes, we have to talk about when the, the wrestler got on the mic and said, not only is pedophilia real, it's important. <laughs> Sexuality has a spectrum, whether you like men, women, little kids, regardless of gender. When Jerry the King Lawler dies, I assume they're going to find a collection of small shoes in his basement that will rival that that found at Auschwitz. That's so funny. That's so funny. I think Jerry Lawler probably publicly said when John Wayne Gacy came out, he's like, yeah, that's gross. I can't believe he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else was like plus like the young and he's like what okay yeah that but like also gay which is gross yeah yeah <laughs> but well where, where else would you put the bodies it's rude to litter do you think jerry lawler just loves jerry lee lewis and wanted to be every part of him I think there's there's something about being a celebrity in the South where there's this like this weird thing where it's like it's why like uh like at a certain point any celebrity who grew up in New York when they become a celebrity just suddenly starts going to art galleries. If you're a celebrity that's funny that's from Tennessee, it's like oh you gotta fuck a kid. <laughs> I like the idea that that's there's two bad ones and the South one is so much worse. Yeah. Where it's like ugh. Guy became kind of pretentious out of nowhere, and that guy is, uh, he says, grazing for Tang at a public school. Gross. <laughs> well, it's the problem with being a country music star in this day and age is that a lot of them are morally against pedophilia, but they they want to be the next Garth Brooks. And like, you know what the funny thing is? I'm not going to say this is to a man, but I will say this. The heels, the territory, I'm a big monster, weird guy heels, like Ox Baker... Uh, we covered George the Animal Steel, which is kind of the same guy, except for I think Ox Baker was a lot better looking back on his promos and stuff. They're always like such normal people where it's like the guy who's like, can you play a version of Chewbacca and mm. Star Wars? Absolutely. But I have to be home for dinner with my wife. We would never yes. sacrifice that. Okay, your name is your real name. Uh, don't put it in my character that I'm eating all this glue. It's just because I want the three-year-olds to pay attention to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're not going to put that on TV. No, you have to. It's very interesting. I completely Any territorial heel is sort of like a metal band now where you're like, oh, they're probably so edgy. And then you go into their green room and they're like, 
would you like one more carrot before we hit the road? And then <laughs> any territorial baby face is like the Backstreet Boys at the height of their fame where it's like, we love you. You're great. Backstage, like, who wants more cocaine in my soul? (laughs) Put the coke under your foreskin, and if you don't have foreskin, pay to get some reattached, because that's where you feel the buzz. Yeah, only real men have heroin you can drink. (laughs) So Oxbaker, Oxbaker, sorry. Our Christmas episode is brought to you by is kind man, an excellent facial hair choice, having gentleman Alex Baker, that has been multiply time requested uh, by friend of the show and friend of you and mine, yours and mine, John Robertson, progenitor of the Dark Room, which is a video game you can now play, which is totally insane. Dylan Oxbaker is a real shining light. He was born in the '30s. He was trained. Uh, oh, he fought his football coach based off of um, tackling tactics. But how he learned to become a wrestler. Is how is my favorite thing in the entire world. This is the great thing about becoming. Uh, this is I. This is why I think that what makes him a normal man is because, as you said, he was uh, put off his football team because he had because of differences in tackling tactics, which is the real fucking reason probably why Bill Watts was cut. Like that's. <laughs> This is a man being honest. It wasn't that he knocked, he knocked the fucking his coach out, and then his coach his dick came out, and it was so small, and everyone laughed at it. So the coach started crying and saying, "You fuck my wife too good. You're off the team." It was they had a difference in the necessities of football. That's it. He was a butcher for eight years, and then he was in the armed forces for two. So he's already a man by the time he starts wrestling. But how did he start wrestling, baby? There weren't any wrestling schools, so he would just drive wrestlers everywhere to gain their knowledge. He'd get them to show yep. him a single hold. Single uh, hold. And if you did it wrong, someone would smack you in the head. Biggest example That's of so that. That's the person that would smack you if you made a mistake was is of course Bob Orton Sr., the grandfather of Randy Orton Jr. or Randy Orton, and I am sure a man who uh, who not only shit in a bag. But just shat in a woman's mouth and then went, ah, you're a toilet. <laughs> you're the bag. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee. Your mouth's a bag. Your ass is a mouth. You know, Randy, we got, me and your father here, Bob, are going to have a talk. We think you're too feminist. You've been shitting in their bags, but what about their dresses? Yeah. What about upper deckers in every female washroom you pass by? Randy, we need to discuss something. I think you're gay. You know your wife's name. <laughs> you know, we Ortons, we have a little rule. It's called always have a brown bag in the chamber. Mm. You always have to be just about to shit for revenge. Yeah, Randy, <laughs> if you want to make it in this business, you have to be prepared to shit in or on someone at any time. <laughs> no fright. Now shit in front of me. <laughs> we didn't diaper tr- yeah. We didn't diaper train you till you were 30 but for a reason, Randy. Do you think that the, how Ronda Rousey used to wake up in the middle of the night and her mom would just have her in an arm bar? That Randy Orton would wake up and his grandfather would just be shaking him and holding him and, and just handing him a bag? Do it. <laughs> Show- Daddy, I don't want to. Show me how you feel. Show me how you feel. I want to have... I know Randy Orton will never do it because, like... I heard some crazy number, like, just off of merch, he makes, like, a million dollars a year or something crazy like that. 
but I know he'll never be on the indies, but I would love to have Randy Orton do a victory lap where it's just indie people writing storylines for him, and it's just him, like, his whole character is that he RKO's a guy, does his pose, and then just shits on them. And they have to do the real, (laughs) they have to take the actual hot shit on their chest. First of all, no, I disagree, because here's the interesting thing about this generation of wrestler. We won't get Cena in the indies, but none of them have hit the point where Vince McMahon goes, you're too old, get out of here. And that's going to happen with a bunch of them. Well, that's not... That's not what happens. They put them on the senior circuit. They do the, you wrestle four pay-per-views a year. You're a big match guy now. And then everyone's like, oh, man, Jericho, Cena, uh, maybe Orton eventually. Oh, these guys are so good now. Why is it? It's because you don't see them for three motherfucking hours. Like, you don't see Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes out. Roman Reigns does a promo for ten minutes. Then backstage someone asks roman reigns a question he answers for another 10 minutes so that's 20 minutes of roman reigns rec and then you he does a 20 minute main event you've already seen him for 40 goddamn minutes like it's insane Completely. but look at where chris jericho ended up chris jericho's in was in new japan and i guarantee if they gave no one wants to see randy orton kenny omega but if they they found someone like if let someone in the indies ends up pissing in someone's bag i guarantee in three years' time, Ring of Honor will book that match. No, not Ring of See, if CZW had remained prominent, Randy Orton could go there for a, he, like the bag shitter versus the, the bag pisser. <laughs> I think that here's the thing. It, it, it's, it's the reason why these pranks don't happen anymore, and there was like there is actually a crazy rib uh, in Ox Baker's career as well. But the reason these don't happen anymore is because there's so much at stake where it's like, they're not making enough money to just be like, oh, I don't need this. Every Like, Christopher Daniels needs every check he gets. And he's like a 25-year vet, and we know who he is. And if he set up a autograph booth, people would actually show up to it. Mm. Yeah, that's a very you know? good... Well, they do, and they... Yeah, they do. It's, again, he's just a working stiff. I'm like me who's stiff when I work. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about dicks, man! <laughs> Here's something I like about Ox Baker. I will say this, and it's something that I want to start doing definitely in my create a player wrestling games is he calls wrestling wrestling and god damn it i think we need to take it back yeah it is wrestling i don't i don't like this like oh wrestling we got to take it out of the you get it's in like- there you got a fucking monogram of your initials on your trunks and you're fucking oiled up you're not in shape like you're in shape for like a guy you're in shape for a guy with kids you're like oh shit this guy's got it together still everything's still hanging up you got no abs though and then you just fucking get a waist lock. Forty minutes passes by, and everyone's drunk, and they throw their chairs at you. This is the thing. That's wrestling. Oxbanger's Ox career is basically he traces the line of when wrestlers just look like guys who could smoke and also run a bit. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, Oxbanger is hilarious in like the the weird things he would do. He'd get free gym memberships by plugging whatever gym he was going to in his TV promos. That's very funny. That's something I would do, for he, sure. He would smarten up fans during a riot, which for some reason earned Harley, uh, Harley, Harley Race's respect. Oh, no, no, no. He was smartened up fighting fans during a riot. Like, he thought wrestling was real. I misunderstood the the way that was quoted. Oh, you thought he was like, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. Yeah, like I thought he was like, <laughs> they were coming at him with knives and he was like, this isn't real. And they were like, oh, all right. <laughs> My name is Robert. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop. I'm not an ox. I'm a man. 
So, Del yeah, he was smartened up by Harley Race being like, will you watch my back? And he oh, was like, I oh, feel shit. like such a fucking idiot. Of course, that will that makes way more fucking sense. That then Harley, let me fucking tell you something about these mother. We're not fucking actually fucking hitting each other. That's but it. here's the. <laughs> We're not fucking hitting. I broke my fucking leg. <laughs> he was he debuted in 1965. Uh, is the, it's the first date. Uh, our beautiful, beautiful top ten, perfect ten researcher Christopher Hobson can find him working. Uh, lost to Vern Gagne, and let me say this: that's what happens when you're six foot five. Things just happen for you immediately. Also. Can I just say, no wonder the AWA went out of business, that Vern Gagne was on top in 1965 and 1985. Go fuck yourself. Well, because that's the funny, like, we Who did a Vern Gagne episode. you are, Triple H? But that's the thing. There, we did a Vern Gagne episode, and all, uh, also, yes, he is Triple H almost exactly. Yeah, no, I know he is. Because Vern Gagne had that thing where Vern Gagne was very, very good at putting a wrestling promotion together. Like, hulking up is Vern Gagne. Like, that's, that's him saying, why don't you do this? Like, basically seeing Hulk Hogan isn't a pro wrestling character divorcing himself from that completely and being like let's go cartoon with you and also then he's like but you can't beat me also if you see Vern Gagne you see Vern Gagne in tights and it's his thighs make me have to turn off the match I've never I don't really get disgusted by bodies except for Vern Gagne's like weird chicken wing thighs yeah, his he also I've always had an issue with where his chest hair grows around his uh his stomach. Vernonia deserves to be body shamed roundly. He it looks like instead of growing abs, he just grew curly hair where abs should be. <laughs> Sorry, I had to sneeze. Yeah, I fucking hate Vernonia. Even reading the research for this episode, I'm like, oh Vernonia, go fuck yourself. Oxpaker, why couldn't you heart punch this motherfucker? Um, oh, we'll get to that. If anyone here thinks when Nia Jax punched Becky Lynch, oh, yeah. they shouldn't have used it in the storyline. Oxbaker made his whole career off of two guys incidentally died after matches with him. And he said the hard punch killed those men. Yeah. <laughs> in promos. And this is a nice man. He would constantly say, I punched two men in the heart and they didn't go home to their families. Can you imagine being a family member of that man and watch? You know what I mean? Like one of these dudes and watch and watching that promo and just being like oh that that man who said it wasn't his fault and then came showed up to the funeral is still bragging about murdering my dad yeah that nice that nice man who bought me an ice cream cone the day my father never came home now claims it was him all along why aren't the police doing anything about this um what's interesting about Alex Baker is he's basically the prototype of every territorial heel he was in every territory for about a year to two years Worked a program with either the champion or the guy that was being groomed to take on the NWA champion, and he would move on. He is very open yeah, about perfect. his, his in-ring skill, which is not good, but he could fucking pack him in on the mic, which is, by the way, still all you need to fucking do. That's all you need to do, and it, it follows the, the old territory booking, which is something you can see in any actual real sport which is uh, you do a thing where you ascend to the title. Everyone sees you as a huge threat, thinks, oh, my God, how's the champion going to get out of this pickle? They do. And then you think, oh, I guess that guy isn't that good. And then he's gone. That's it. 
That's all you have to do. They did it with who? He, this guy, Oxbaker, made me remember two things, uh, which is basically wrestlers don't have wrestlers right now. Don't none of them like they could all show up to a bar right after they do the show. And I think that there needs to be about five to ten guys on every wrestling roster where if they showed up just in a bar, people would be like, what the fuck's wrong with your hair? Why is your mustache like that? Absolutely. There, there is a lack of a what in the fuck circus element to it. There is also exactly. there's also one of those things which is I don't think anyone inside the WWE understood about Enzo Amore of what they should have done with that near rapist, which is he's a piece of shit that no no everyone has that guy in their life and they don't like him. Don't make him cool. Make him a piece of shit. And they're too they've made merchandise sales too much part of their business plan so they don't understand. Oh no, you just need some guys that if they are pieces of shit, which he clearly is, let them be a piece of shit and just pay him a couple of bucks more so then he doesn't worry about not selling merchandise. And don't fucking put things that they say on t-shirts cuz and if they chant it do what the rock used to do when he was in the corporation, which is this ain't sing along with the rock. That's all you need to do. It's very simple. As usual, I've fixed wrestling. Dylan hasn't. Dylan likes <laughs> Dylan likes wrestling the way it is right now. He, lo- he and also he's upset that Enzo Amore isn't around more because he he doesn't believe the accusations. But it's like if they have a crazy guy now, it's like Dean Ambrose, and I've complained about the Dean Ambrose thing ad nauseum for a while. But it's like, oh, this guy's crazy. What? Oh, he looks like he went to a really nice barber shop and got a haircut yeah. and worked out a bit. A crazy guy in wrestling should be like, he's wearing a black shirt with a brown jacket. Ooh. <laughs> he just looks like a barback that's angry about not getting tipped out well. <laughs> he does look like a barback. That's very good. First of all, I fucked Karen, so like her new boyfriend's pretty much sucking my cock every time he licks her box. <laughs> Secondly, fucking you don't you don't tip me out, Karen, you stupid bitch. Well, I'll tell you this: you got fucking halitosis or something in your pussy. I'll tell you that right now, Karen. Karen, Karen let me just—I made you squirt, and I don't mean like <laughs> I put effort into it. It just happened. You're telling me you're squirting on the rig with a guy who doesn't wear a fucking Maple Leafs hat? You're fucked, bud. <laughs> but then, but like a crazy guy in wrestling should be like, you start out with a full beard and then just like legit shave random parts of it and then shave random parts of your hair and then you come out just like covered in like, I don't know, man, just covered in Pepsi so you're all sticky or something. Like, you should just be nuts. There's no one, like I say, man, everyone could chill out after a bar like everyone could chill out at a bar directly from wrestling without putting on like a hat or something like that the only guy that was like that is kane who they make wear a fucking (laughs) they make wear a fucking um they make wear a fucking wig now which fell off in saudi arabia which was very good yeah and he is now the legit mayor of a town in tennessee like again and also they don't need to be crazy mick foley isn't nuts you see mick foley in public and you're like what the fuck is that guy He's another he's another example of this exact thing. He's Mick Foley is really the alpha ox baker in that he was also good in the ring and good on the mic. But Oh Mick, Mick Fo- Foley's a great example of this. He looks fucking nuts, but then he's he loves Disneyland and uh he's a very good man. Mick Foley does not get the credit he deserves in the Attitude Era, which is he is the reason particularly Triple H, but also The Rock, that he was the he was essentially what Jake the Snake Roberts was supposed to do, which was you get the heels ready to get beaten up by the fucking number one guy 
The difference being that Jake the Snake would be like, I could do that, but all these Vicodins needed chewing. Well, McFoley <laughs> Foley was just like, you got it, Vince. First things first, I'm going to have some reasonable chicken, and then for no reason, just wear a Santa Claus shirt in July. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. Oh, no, I forgot everyone's name again, but I love Santa. Get out there, Mick. <laughs> the Rock's going to stab you. Yeah. We need him to be over as a stabber. Which one of you is Noel? Uh, you're talking to a chair, Mick. Okay! <laughs> so, Oxbaker, ba- back on track. This is uh, very old school wrestling, going pro- promotion to promotion. So, a lot of uh, his input on his own career is, of course, about money. He says he was based in Kansas for about two years, but it was difficult to get ahead there. If you got paid 230, they'd make sure your expenses were 220. He explains uh, you only got one main event in Kansas. That was against Dick the Bruiser. Uh, and this is a very fun thing, uh, is that he also says it's sometimes Dick the Bruiser, if you called him on underpaying you, he would take it off the Mexicans' pay because he was a racist. I mean, Yolo. fuck you, and of course he did. Also, what the, f- like, poor Mexican people, oh, it's the 60s, let's go to Kansas City and be treated like cat shit. Like, they, oh, these poor fucking people. Yeah, exactly. No wonder everyone in the Guerrero family just hits a certain age and just looks sad because they're just carrying the burden of so many wounded Mexican wrestlers in their soul. I think that if you were raised by two people, one of them should have a solid job. Because then if you have two people that are just working contract to contract, then you're being raised by two psychos. I wouldn't even say psychos. Like You're just being raised by two people that... Every, like once a month are just gonna go don't buy anything <laughs> no christmas this year yeah we're doing the jewish one <laughs> yeah Chris- christmas is canceled your fault <laughs> uh this is actually crazy because he ox baker is such a good, lovely man uh in shoot interviews that he makes ole anderson seem nice because he said uh this is him referring to Ole Anderson, uh, Ole Anderson saying to him, I fired you for two reasons in your career, because I thought you were a terrible wrestler and because I was sure you were a terrible wrestler. Ole Anderson fired him and brought him back five times. The best. The fucking best. Because I'm sure that everyone else was like, this is fucking bullshit, Ole, motherfucker. And then whereas Ox Baker was like, all right. And then he just called up like, do you need a big guy with a weird mustache and eyebrows to come lose to somebody? Of course you do. Bye-bye. I'm going to be at home hardware being beat up by the manager there. <laughs> yeah. If anyone needs me, I'm going to be down at the local diner just giving the waitress advice on her financial portfolio that turns out to be correct. <laughs> so apparently he took the heart punch from Stan Stasiak, so he called it the hurt punch out of respect for a bit, and then obviously uh, later in time just called it the heart punch because Stan Stasiak sucks. Also, if you want to get real sad, Look at what uh, Sean Stasiak is doing on Twitter, where he just keeps on, he keeps on pitching himself to be the world champion, and it's the most like blind thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so because it's fun to bully people on Twitter sometimes, but Sean Stasiak has so little response to his tweets that I know he'd be seeing it if I made fun of him. <laughs> like, I just don't, I just don't feel bad. It's like, hey man, you're a chiropractor, just like live life, buddy. Yeah, it's not. The- Here's the thing with Sean Stasiak is you just see that if you're raised around a wrestler too much, it's like, well, the only thing that is of value is wrestling. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. 
None of them being 50 and still having your health. Like, everyone you came up with is dead and you're alive and have a good job. And you're like, but I still want to be the champ. Let me beat Seth Rollins. That's never happening. Yeah, it's just brutal. No, no one knows what your finishing move was. <laughs> and no one wants to know. And no one will get to know. Yeah. Maybe if he was so desperate for Poontang still at 50 and they bring back him as meat, then he'll win. Oh, that would be great if they brought him back as meat. Like, keep in mind, there is a possibility that the Pretty Mean Sisters are going to have to go in the Hall of Fame, and then they have to bring back meat. <laughs> so this is the this is the reality, actually, of uh, Ox Baker being of being an upper mid carder back in the '60s. Is he says that when he was uh, when the main eventers were on holiday or like taking a spell, a leave of absence to do another territory, he would. Um, he would earn around 280 bucks a week, but then as soon as they came back, he'd go back to earning like 130, which is an insane drop in pay, especially in the 60s. Uh, can you look up the what's the equivalent of a 280 bucks in the 60s versus 130? Because I think I feel like like that's that's less than half, but it's also like uh, 280 uh, dollars in. 1965. Let's say 1968. All right, $250 in 1968. Uh, 2014, it would have been $680.28. Yeah, so that 680 so that's roughly what, like two and a half? Yeah, so you're dropping from 680 to 250 That's pretty fucking nuts. Uh, that's all estimates, of course. Check the math while you're, I don't know, what are you doing right now? Doing the dishes? Are you running? Are you doing something? I want to know what the activity that people do most while listening to this podcast is, and I'm pretty sure it's probably the dishes. So that they take off your they just hear or? washing, and then they hear, come, fucking, shit. And they're like, oh, the podcast. So his first major feud was with Archie the Stomper Goldie and Stampede Wrestling. That's right, goddammit. Stu Hart stretched this man three years into wrestling. Yes! Oh, this is so good. Because he, he, this is the proof that this man was just a fucking sadosexual asshole. Because there is no fucking need for him to be training this man. Yeah, no exactly. No fucking need for him to be um, showing him how to shoot. It's just... Great call. Like, there's... like. Why, why are you here, yeah, Kim? <laughs> That's pretty much it. And then he says that... Uh, uh, he, Baker, he would... I'm going to cook you. <laughs> I'm going to stretch you What's really you fucking scary wife. about this is that Ox Baker talks about talking to his wife and saying that uh, Helen Hart would say that there would be naked men just running down the street to get away from Stu Hart, which is like, wait a minute. Wait a fucking minute, Helen. Th- you didn't think to ask your husband of many years... Why are there nude men running away from you? And uh, the, 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 the best type of submission is when you um, turn them into a girl. <laughs> I get, Helen Hart really, with more and more you read about it, is the Ava Braun of wrestling. <laughs> All right, go on. I'm sure he has his reasons. I mean, sometimes a man needs to be humbled. Humbled to the point where he can't provide for his family anymore. I made a beat for you, Stu. I like this because it's going to make my poo uh, um, uh, red, which is the color color of victory. (laughs) He's uh, winning. He's found the hard punch at this time. Uh, He said that most of his matches against Archie Goldie would just be 
Um, they would basically ox would blade and then ox would have Archie in a bear hug for about 11 minutes. And one time Stu got in the ring and just put his thumb in Ox's eye, which he said hurt for a week. And it's like, I wish there was one story where Stu Hart would just get the shit fucking kicked out of him. <laughs> like, wouldn't anyone have just blocked the takedown and then just knocked the man unconscious? Like, why not once? Because I know, because he owns a huge territory. Yeah, that's why. He owned a huge territory, and then his sons became the biggest things in wrestling. So it basically was the perfect coat to cover up a body filled with scabs. <laughs> Come hug me. You're going to get them scabs on you. <laughs> that's the thing about wrestling, though, man. That's another thing exactly like comedy. It's like anytime someone owns like a very successful uh, comedy industry, they are just fucked. <laughs> just just totally fucked. I'm giving the sitcom to me. What I do enjoy about that, though, is all of those people that they get to a level of they're super fucked, and then it all just comes crashing down. Like Stu did, with all his there was sons guy, being disappointing. Well, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this in my life. There was a guy who ran a comedy show in Montreal when I started comedy, and he it was just a really nice bar, and it got a big audience, and he got such a big head about it, and I remember once... I he felt I was rude to him. Basically, I was sat at the bar of a bar, and he came in and started smoking inside, and the bartender kicked him out, and he's like, you're a rat. You told the bartender I was doing that. I'll end your fucking career in this town. And even then, I was like, I think you think you have that power, but I don't think you have that power. And then within a month, uh, the bar just closed because that's what happens with bars, and he no longer had a comedy show, and it all fell apart. And it's like, that is what happens with any of these type of people is their personality issues go to a point where it's like, I'll fucking destroy you, but for, oh no, the bank destroyed me. And that's what happened with Stu Hart. Yeah. If you listen to any of his kids, his kids are like, oh yeah, he was an all right guy. We didn't have food for 10 years and all of our cars just were outside in pieces because he kept being like, hey, the car wants to shoot on me. <laughs> I'm not putting that car over you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about more about Ox Baker, uh, because you know what? He never went to the WWE, uh, and it's pretty much his whole career is the same thing over and over again, so there's no real point that you... Uh... <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no real point where it's like, oh, this is a major change. Legit, he grows his uh, facial hair, which he credits to just like some Australian wrestler who was an opening guy, and he was like, I gotta copy that. So he did copy that, and uh, then flat, and then you blink, and it's not 1971 anymore, it's 1985, and it's the same thing. Yeah. We will cover the, <laughs> That's the same. two people he killed, and... Yes, we will. His movie career after the break. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering... Does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to do donate to Patreon, because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase, risky cream pie. <laughs> and you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms 
for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Piss on my chest, Dylan God. Nice. Let's talk about it. Ox Baker has two kills. Um, somehow he's killed as many people as Chris Benoit and is still a much better person. It's... <laughs> Well, his was incidental. His was like the one. All right. Let's talk about the two murders, the two murders, the two people that just died. Yeah. Um, well, let's first talk about uh, Alberto Torres. Okay. So it's the year is 1971. He's wrestling in the AWA. Of course, he's wrestling for Vern Gagne because Vern Gagne, by the way, this was um, I, my theory of this is this was a blood sacrifice to the owl god that Vern Gagne believes in. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is how Vern Gagne believes in an owl god that um, helps men get their strength, which is why Vern Gagne doesn't need to work out because he's got the power of the mystics on his behalf. <laughs> yes, uh, but this is Alberto Torres is of course is a uh, wrestler who died after a match with Ox Baker of a ruptured pancreas in kayfabe. What happened, John? They said that uh, Oxbaker punched him in the heart, it killed him, and then he got into a program with his brother. <laughs> There's nothing in that that doesn't make me fucking... Like, this is the thing when people are like, wrestling is immoral, and it's like, yes, to you it is. But if I explain to you how far we've come, you would be in fucking shock. Yeah, basically wrestling went from, you know... Just like finding newborn babies and throwing them out a window for shooting practice to <laughs> a guy occasionally raising his voice to his wife. <laughs> like, like, like the thing is, is like, oh, yeah, no, Mark Henry and Mae Young gave birth to a hand. That's true. But what they used to do to make sure that a young guy knew he was humble is they just make him fight an actual bear. <laughs> Don't worry. We uh, took all the bear's teeth out because not only are you fighting a bear, but it's sad for another reason. So you're both sad. <laughs> we Yeah, we took all the bear's teeth out. Not that it won't still bite you. It's just that we wanted to make sure that the bear was hurt. <laughs> He said, apparently, this is, uh, he's like, well, I don't know why he died. This is Ox Baker talking about Alberto Torres. I don't know why he died, but he ate about nine pieces of chicken this is going the into the match. Pieces of, like, what does that have to do with anything? And also, for some reason, I'm like, Ox Baker has a point. Like, I don't know why I'm like, I'm like <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. It's one of, the, like... It's one of those things that people will tell you with conspiracy theories that sounds like it should be evidence. Like, it's like, well, there was someone with an umbrella on the grassy knoll. Yeah, you're right. Ox's explanation is that he blew his heart out from eating so much chicken, which is something I wish doctors said. It is something that is possible. You just have to eat a lot more chicken. And also, ha like, again, though, it's a wrestler in the 70s. There is the distinct possibility that, like, I don't think that Ox Baker had anything to do with Alberto Torres's death. I do think that what happened was Alberto, like Alberto Torres, was just a wrestler in the seventies, so very, yeah. very unhealthy. Yeah, they were like people that ate exclusively at Burger King, but also had to run around a ton. Yeah, like keep in mind that the idea of drinking water when you were doing something athletic at this point in time was considered a bad idea because you'd cramp up. That is very true, yes. And also, what was it? Oh my god, I was reading about some coach, some football coach in like the 70s who was revolutionary because he would give them water. No, sorry, there was a boxing trainer, Teddy Atlas. This is the 1980s, that's funny. It was later than you'd think. 
In the 1980s, Teddy Atlas revolutionized the boxing training because he would give them water no matter what. Because sometimes I they mean, would spar 12 rounds and then the guy would be like, you didn't do good. No water. <laughs> It'll toughen you up. <laughs> It'll toughen you up so much you're dead in the match. I mean, it's all just... It's all just hell. It's wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, he, of course, like, Vox is all over the place here. He's wrestling in Puerto Rico. He's teaming with Ole Anderson and Skandor Akbar. Uh, he said Akbar was a legitimate tough guy, but Danny Hodge was the toughest man he ever goddamn met. That just means this he could is, really this, fight. Yeah, it's also one of those things. That this has been said a lot that Skandor, Skandor Akbar is, like, a legitimate, legitimately tough wrestler. The problem was is that his best friend was Danny Hodge. So it's like... yeah. This guy who's this really good stuntman is best friends with Superman. <laughs> That's exactly it. Also, Oxbaker's whole career essentially is just him having happy accidents that lead to big paydays. Like, this is one of my favorite stories just because I don't like the Ganyas. But 1975 in Chicago during a match, Greg mm. Ganya jumped into the ring without mm-hmm. taking his shirt off. And since he's unimpressive physically, much like every Ganya is, uh, Ox thought he was. Uh, a fan and knocked him unconscious. <laughs> Goddamn right. Uh, my favorite part is, but then, which led to a huge match with Vern. Gunn. No, 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 no. And to make sure he got heat, he also, as the guy was being wheeled out, he also knocked over the stretcher, which I love. That that's a good audible. That's how they seriously they took concussions in 1975. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, has a concussion. Give him another one. <laughs> like it's also like that guy. Oh my god, that guy's got a. That guy's hurt. Mm, really hurt though. Yeah, and then he. And then uh, Vern Gagne obviously, obviously came out from backstage and just screamed, you motherfucker at Ox, which is very funny. It's fucking insane. And that, by the way, I guarantee Vern Gagne was upset. He's like, how did you not recognize my son? He has my distinctive smell. (laughs) This is a very important thing. I think this is like a light. This is like a. I'm going to say a tip of the hat from the wrestling industry to Ox Baker. 1977, he had a match with Harley Race for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. The heart punch was a banned move at the time, but Ox used it, pinned Harley, and the match was a disqualification, obviously, because the heart punch was a banned move. Um, so that's like a visual fall of the NWA title. I mean, I think that's... He's killed somebody, he accidentally knocked someone unconscious, and now look at him. He's getting a goddamn pitfall. He's the only guy I could think that, like, two people died... Uh, while in the ring with him and i like it's not his fault and he's still a nice man <laughs> any other wrestler would be like yeah he did it he slipped them he slipped he just gave them a bunch of oxys when they weren't looking just to get himself over i like i can't believe how much i agree with you which about how and also it's like you look at this guy and you're like he's got to be a piece of shit and then everything you read in the research is just like he was a polite man who enjoyed cooking oh like and he did some weird shady wrestler shit like he would say i'll cook for the rest of course he did he's a wrestler Give me 40 bucks, and then he would buy $25 worth of food and just pocket the money. But part of me is like, well, he is hanging out with 70s wrestlers. I'm going to need to make some money off of that as well. Yeah. Now that I think of it, if the Owen Hart tragedy would have happened in 1969, they would have just turned the Godfather back into Papa Shango and been like, he did it with his magic. <laughs> oh, my God. If the, the Owen Hart thing had... First of all, they wouldn't have taken the body out of the ring. Not only, would the, <laughs> not only would the show continued, the promoter would have lied and said it was about money. That's what happens when you don't question <laughs> your fucking payday. He asked for 50 bucks more, and now look at him. Yeah. Grieving fucking family. Oh, he's 
fucking aw- like oh fuck you like and here's the problem anyone who's like oh that's offensive it's like no that's a hundred percent true so Ox Baker's just the best he knocked out Kevin Von Erich in a he knocked out Kevin Von Erich in a match because Kevin Von Erich hit him in the nuts he also makes a point that I've long felt the same way which is he's barefoot I just step on his feet too have you ever seen Necro Butcher wrestle though no it's pretty cringy. Uh, he's a hardcore wrestler, and he would wrestle uh, like thumbtacks matches in bare feet and just like, fucking stamp on them. It's great. Well, this is wh- I know who the Negro Butcher is. I've watched that documentary. I just can't. I can't watch it because I'm just like, please stop. You're doing the thing I like in the way I don't oh, like. Oh yeah. It. Like yeah yeah yeah. Please don't go to the buffet and just fart in the steamer trays. <laughs> I have to eat here. <laughs> yeah, it's um. He, this is great because Ox Baker does a run with the Sheik, which I'm assuming if you've watched Ox Baker and you've watched the uh, original Sheik, the worst matches that have ever happened because all they would do is club each other to the back of the neck for 35 minutes and then stab each other and then fits double DQ. <laughs> oh, old wrestling's the best. They learned all these moves and all they did was all they did was stomp on the back of each other's. Like I would love to go through an entire wrestling school. And then just do like a 1960s match where I just raise my hand up really high, bring it down on the back of a guy's neck and stomp. And that's 35 minutes and then a bear hug. That's yeah. it. He's a shooter. He's a shooter. Oh, he's. Uh, yeah. No, it's the claw for the next three hours. <laughs> or Abdullah the Butcher, which is just like, I'm exhausted. I'll just stab you with his fork. <laughs> oh, Abdullah the Butcher is phenomenal because you're just like, how. Like, that's not even a fucking thing, but Abdullah's the best shooter, because not only does he, if you get rough with him in the ring, he'll just give you hepatitis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he no. was acted up, so now he has hep C. <laughs> yeah, Lesnar knocked out Randy Orton, but did he give him hep? Nope. Yeah. Randy Orton, you may shit in a bag, but you don't give someone the Abdullah kiss, because you don't get up from that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I cut his dick and then I sucked it. Now he has hep C and questions about his sexuality. <laughs> I was talking to someone about who has been to Abdullah the Butcher's restaurant, which is like, oh yeah, Abdullah the Butcher, he's, um, it's horrible he gave that guy hep C uh, in the ring. It's even worse that he cooked at his restaurant for 20 years and just sweated on all the food. Oh, for sure. But it's a house of ribs, so you can't really, uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? Fair point. That's a fair point, my man. What makes this rib so good? That's the human sweat. I shouldn't have asked. No, you shouldn't have. Ooh, why do I feel groggy? Oh, because he's put something in there that he doesn't even know. My favorite, uh, he had a feud with Andre the Giant. That's how they know the territories really love you, right? A uh, feud with Andre the Giant. And also, and, by the uh, way, has nothing bad to say about Andre the Giant, and that's pretty shocking. Well, because, and he wasn't a drunk either. He would just sit, stand there and watch Andre get drunk, and he'd be like, all right, well, this, I don't like this. Yeah, oh, you see <laughs> I uh, it feels like you're overdoing it just a tad. Just a tad. <laughs> Who was the second guy he killed in the ring? Am I missing this? Uh, yeah, it's further down. It's in the... Uh, Who did he kill? Uh, he didn't kill him in the ring. They died after the match. They died after the match, and he basically claimed that he... That he it was implied that he killed them. Yeah. Yeah, because all his promos... Cause that's the thing. I watched a bunch of stuff where he wrestles in the uh, in uh, Ra- in Angelo Poffo's territory, and it's all about how he's killed two people in the ring. So I'm just trying to like locate where that is. 
He killed him in a tag team match. It was him and the, the Claw versus two guys, and one of the guys died uh, after the match. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. And then he's like, the heart punch fucking killed him. Yeah, and he just kept saying that. And then as the 70s turned to the 80s, he slowly, he sort of slows down, but also at the same time is, you know, starts to train someone, a couple of people, one of those people is The Undertaker. He keeps appearing in various territories. He never gets a run with Hulk Hogan, which is crazy because this guy is the fucking proto, like the stereotype of a Hulk Hogan heel. He's big. He looks weird. He has two moves and the match will be terrible. But when Hogan wasn't Hulk Hogan, he blew him up in the ring. And so Hulk Hogan hates him. So they've never fucking done. Um, uh, they've never fucking done a match. They, they never had him come into the WWE. So um, he, because Hulk Hogan doesn't like Ox Baker and Hulk Hogan's the only guy who doesn't like Ox Baker. So know what that means? I'm on Ox Baker's side. Where does he not like Ox Baker? Hulk Hogan doesn't like Ox Baker because um, Ox Baker blew him up when Hulk Hogan was blo- uh, starting in the business. Oh, no. He doesn't like him. Oh, no. Hulky Wolky. That yeah. sucks. So Hogan blocked him from ever coming into the WWF, which is insane because it's like, Hogan, you would have made so much money with Ox Baker. Like, I don't know, man. I think he's like a lot and way too much like uh, George the Animal Steel without the versatility of that character. I disagree because all you need to do is bring him in for one WrestleMania main event and then get him out of there. It's essentially King main Kong event. Kong. I don't know, man. You see this guy wrestle in the seventies, and I mean, even by even by eighties standards, this guy cannot wrestle. <laughs> he, he is not good. That's why, at the same reason, I'm sure they never brought in Abdul the Butcher. It's just because, like, listen, man, we're about not being able to wrestle, but not that much not being able to wrestle. I disagree. I don't think they. I don't think that they ever brought in Abdullah the Butcher because I don't think that they wanted to bring in Abdullah the Butcher. I just. I stand. I don't think that they. I don't think they knew what they had in that character, and also I think that Hulk Hogan didn't want to get hit with a fork to set up a feud for WrestleMania Four. Yeah, at some point you're getting stabbed with that fork, right? Even if they say like, even if even if he says he's not gonna, you're for sure looking out for that fork. It's like going to see Metallica. You know you're gonna see a cunt. Like it's just one of those <laughs> things where it's like, I don't want to see a cunt. I like this band. Oh, there they are. Just a guy going, show me your pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh yeah, I forgot it's Metallica. Some illuminating stuff about Ox Baker's career, though. In '77, he has a feud with Dusty Rhodes, where Dusty Rhodes just wins every match. And I think a lot of people think that Hulk Hogan's the only star who did that, who refused the job. And everyone thinks of Dusty as this guy who's like, oh, wasn't he so good? Let's let's be perfectly clear here. Dusty Rhodes also would never job to anybody. Yeah, no, it's just that. Dusty yeah. Rhodes was just as big of a piece of shit. And by the way, way more so. Dusty Rhodes, Hulk Hogan never went to Vince McMahon and was like, uh, instead of paying the Rock and Roll Express, can you buy a plane? <laughs> like, Dusty Rhodes is a bag of garbage. And am I happy he's dead? Every day. Every fucking day. Really? Yeah, yeah. When I shit, I go, that's Stardust. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes is just better than Hulk Hogan because A, he's never been caught doing anything racist, and B, because it's kind of like that whole thing of you always like the second best band, you know what I mean? Just to be like, cool. Like, I don't like Hulk Hogan, I like Dusty Rhodes. He's yeah, a bit it's also less du- mainstream. Also, by the way, Dusty Rhodes was fat, and so therefore people assume he was jolly. That's true. But he was. He made them, he, as I said in another episode, he memorized. 
this this is where I completely turned against Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes actively lied to Cody Rhodes about wrestling being fake until Dusty Rhodes joined the NWO. And then his wife was like, you have to tell your son that this is fake now because he's very confused. Like, he thinks you're in a gang. Keep in mind, like, this. everyone thought wrestling was real and then he's sending a child into a school being like, no, Cody, go tell your friends this is all real. And he would have to. And then they're like, well, we're going to beat you up. Like, no wonder Cody doesn't give a fuck because he's like, oh, my childhood, ever like, in my childhood, I thought Star Wars was real. Why? Because my dad claimed to be Chewbacca. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, I know it is. That's why I fucking said it. I'm oh, really good at points. But he obviously, uh, he worked in ICW and essentially wrestles off and on uh, until the mid-80s. And used and yeah, Mark Mean Mark Callis, the Undertaker, used uh, Ox Baker's heart punch as a goddamn finishing move when he sucked, when he was like a big tall milkman with weird legs. Watch a Mean Mark's Callis match; it's his legs. You can see why Vince was like, "Cover those up." He also trained Adam Bomb. So essentially, what Ox Baker did was train guys who were like, "You know what? You could jump, but at all costs, don't." <laughs> Again, it's one of those weird things where everyone kind of like, oh, Brian Clark, what a piece of shit. I actually always thought that Adam Bomb was a great character, and I don't know why people gave him shit. Like, yeah, he's got he's a radioactive superhero in the 90s when that was literally terrifying. I don't understand why everyone's like, oh, he's bad. Yeah. He appeared in a movie with uh, Jackie Chan. He uh, had a Ring of Honor. He was in Ring of Honor uh, for a spell. He uh, was in the WCW... Um, Oh my god, the Slamboree 93, where they did all the old school matches? Yeah, he was in that. He was in Escape from New York. Contestant on The Price is Right. Contestant on The Price is Right. Fun fact about the Escape from New York, he was beating up Kurt Russell so bad that in between takes, Kurt Russell tapped him on the dick and said, hey, calm down. Which I don't understand why that would be, you'd be like, okay. <laughs> then I'd be like, hey, Kurt Russell, you can't fucking take it, you fucking small bitch. Hey, Kurt Russell, guess what? I'm going to fuck you and then I'm going to fuck Goldie. I'm not married to her right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm very tall. I'm from the future. Oh, if I can't take the nut, then I just crack it open. Know what I mean? John, what's your favorite thing about Ox Baker? There's a couple of things, but I'm going to have to go with just how well adjusted he seems to be. I love it. I like the fact that Ox Baker... He, his no, last no, match recorded no, wrestling no, is it, December. It. Yep, go for it. He married a, a circus clown. That's my favorite. That's the best. Nice. I stick it in. I pull it out, and it's a balloon now. Yeah. Every time we fuck, she goes hunk. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about Ox Baker is like, like I said, distinctive look and like not like worried about looking cool which i think wrestling needs way more of now yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. Br braun Strowman's dumb haircut is a step in the right direction but i want to see like i don't know who is it i want to see cesaro grow his bald head out fully and have sideburns mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and be the swiss pervert or something i don't know yeah 
My name the is Swiss, the Swiss smeller, and he smells everyone, and he wins, and then he just smells head to toe their body. Here's and what it takes I can't five believe. Whole this is something TV. I've been thinking about a lot. Is I can't believe that in wrestling they haven't had the barista that beats up people. That's the one thing where I'm like, we just need Vince McMahon to figure out what coffee is, and then we're getting that character for sure. I don't understand why they haven't had that. I don't understand why they haven't had just like a flat out hipster. Uh, Daniel Bryan now seemingly is starting to do the I'm a vegan so I'm better than you thing, which would catch on like hotcakes, even though, once again, most of their audience are men in their 30s, so they'll just be like, well, I mean, I have been meaning to make some healthier choices. Yeah, uh, this is the problem with also making Daniel Bryan a heel, which is like, well, you know what, his frustrations are grounded, his dream was robbed of two years, and he doesn't seem to get a lot of respect at this company, I'm with him. Like it's just like why are we making him a bad yeah. guy? Like Yeah, well I mean that's what that's what it is. Like I feel honestly like Vince McMahon doesn't understand who watches wrestling anymore. Um I think the worst thing about Ox Baker is and I mean you're going to probably agree maybe but uh his in-ring skill is uh he's not good at that. Um I disagree. I Okay. I like uh anyone that um anyone that admits they're not good at something but keeps on doing it for some reason I'm like Mad respect. Uh, worst thing about Ox Baker is he killed two people and not one of them was Ole Anderson and he was given ample opportunity. <laughs> that's really good. Guys, that's our Ox Baker episode and I'm so delighted because this is Christmas. It's Christmas with Ox Baker and we're going to be celebrating New Year's with Crime Time. I'm so excited to talk about Crime Time. Uh, there is a great promo that spurned on this episode where... DX is trying to ask Crime Time for tickets to a show. This is when it's Christian DX, and Crime Time is talking to them. Triple H says, I can't understand what they're saying. Hint, hint, because they're black. And then Shawn Michaels says, and I actually quote, don't worry, I speak jive. And then I had to turn off the YouTube app on my phone because I got so uncomfortable. <laughs> Even having this on headphones, I was like, someone might be able to hear this <laughs> and turned it off. Crime Time is going to be perfect. Oh my god, Crime Time, great. Also, let me just say this as we head into 2019. It's uh, it's going to be a rough year for us wrestling fans. We're going to have to watch Shawn Michaels come out of retirement. Quite possibly for at WrestleMania 35, which may be the most depressing WrestleMania of our lifetime yeah wrestlemania 35 vince doesn't know all these guys are 50 yeah vince mcmahon has been backed into a corner based on the ratings you know what that means we're gonna see some hot shotting Uh oh he doesn't know what that is anymore get ready for someone to be brought in that he claims is cm punk get ready (laughs) for them to double down on brian daniels heel turn in a way that they don't know how it's going to be fucking awful yeah i brought him in a chipmunk nice Oh, God damn it. That's so possible. <laughs> oh, it's going to be good, baby. So back next week with uh, Crime Time. And thanks very much for listening, guys. Once again, to plug some shit, I'm on tour uh, in the first half uh, in January and February in Ontario and Canada. Uh, go to my website, dylangott.net. Dot net baby for all the info on those shows and at Dylan Gott on Twitter. John will be at the Soho Theater February eighth and 9th. February eighth ninth. Buy tickets. Someone has. Uh, some people have already bought tickets, which is really rare for something I'm a part of. 
And then uh, potentially I'll be in Australia, I think. I'm not sure. And then just go to a fucking Australia, buddy, and say, where's John? Yeah, just where's go to John? Australia and be like, where's John? What's the deal with John? Where's not John? Here. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Fuck you. Um, we look forward to speaking to you next week. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for supporting the rest of the review. As we head into our fourth year of doing this podcast... No fucking idea. I think it's three because we've done like a hundred, just over 150 episodes. So that's 52 a year. We started in so two three th- years. We started in 2015 or 2016. I can't remember. Who fucking knows? Happy holidays, guys. Everyone suck my dick. See you in hell. Motor just came up to me with his silk shorts on and said, Ox, if I knew that you was a loud mouth that you were, I might not have signed a exclusive contract. But he did. He signed the fantastic Ox Baker to a contract so again I can beat somebody up. Twice in the last 20 years I've hit people and they died in the ring. That's the kind of meanness that Ox Baker has. You know, this Phillips came in the dressing room a few minutes ago, wanted me to teach him a wrestling hold. Well, I need him. I don't want people in the dressing room talking to me. I'm not here to help young kids learn how to wrestle. Now, if he said he wanted to be mean and slap his mother, I'd have showed him a couple holds. You know, Ox Baker's been in wrestling 20 years, and it's not been easy. I've had to take punishment over the years that you wouldn't believe, but I took that punishment. Yes, I dish out punishment in that ring. I show people that it's not all fun and games, that you just don't buy a $5 pair of shoes and a pair of trunks and call yourself a wrestler. You've got to be mean. You've got to be tough. Can you imagine a few minutes ago, this here guy with all the muscles, someone should have blew his nose. He was crying up here, Paul Christie put the sleeper on me. Look, boy, if you can't take it, you never turn your back on anybody. I don't like anybody in wrestling. Nobody says they're a friend of Ox Baker. I'm not in here to make friends. Don't come up with your mother in a wheelchair or your little kids looking for autographs because I don't give autographs. The only thing that I do, I knock people down. And Spike Huber, you talk about a contest for that heavyweight belt. Spike, I was not in that contest. I think this lousy promoter who doesn't like me one bit just gave you that belt. But somewhere down the line, you got to get that body using a ring with me, and I'm going to beat you for that belt because the greatest wrestling machine should being wrestling. I talk about dishing out punishment. I want to show you how I take punishment. Can you take a chair like this here and bang it out on your head? Well, I can. Yes, I hurt people, and I take punishment. Nineteen teeth and knock. You knocked a few out, Lou says. But one thing I do, I raise his heart punch and knock the breath out of their body, because I love to hurt people, and I'm going to hurt you, Spike.